0: Well, hey, this is Brandon from ProPreacher.com, and I'm excited to bring to you today an interview that I did with one of my new friends, Mike Neglia from the Expositors Collective podcast. Thought it might give you a little bit of a behind the scenes inside look at some of my early days of preaching. So hope you
1: enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, Brandon, good morning. Welcome to the Expositors Collective. Hey, thanks,
0: man. I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to this conversation with you.
1: Yeah. So first, let's just cut straight to the chase. Um, what was the first time you ever preached a sermon or taught the Bible in public?
0: Oh man, (laughs) that was a while back. It was a long time ago, but man, it was, it was, it was pretty awful. Uh, I was a a freshman in Bible college. I, I went to Grand Canyon university. I live out here in Arizona and, uh, this was long before it was like the largest Christian university in America. It was pretty small back then, but I was, I was going to school there and I, there was a, a local youth pastor who needed somebody to to fill in for him when he wasn't there. And so I was a freshman Bible college. He invited me to come out to preach. I'm pretty sure that he, I was probably his last option. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he probably went through his whole list and, and there was nobody else. And so he's like, Hey, what about this guy? Uh, so he kind of threw me in there and, and I I jumped in and it was, it was awful. Sure. It, was, it was awful. I, I remember just staring, uh just staring at like these like, you know, 12 Teenagers in this like old, you know, musty smelling youth room. You know what the youth ministry smell like in an old church smells like, right? <laughs> and and I remember just standing up there, just shaking the whole time. I was gripping the pulpit. You know, my hands were just totally white, shaking, reading my notes the entire time. I had the whole thing written out. And and my content, I think, was fine. I think my content was good. I studied the Bible for years. And I think that's most most preachers and most pastors, content isn't always the 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 biggest problem that was a lot of us we know the bible we study the bible for years yeah. uh but man my delivery was awful i i just shook and sweat. And, you know, one hand on the microphone, I don't think I moved my feet were cemented to the floor. And and those poor, those poor people in the room, I'm pretty sure they're just yeah. like, what are we doing here? But to their yeah. credit, nobody got up, nobody walked out. So uh, yeah, so that was my first experience. It was it was pretty awful. And uh not gonna lie, I almost didn't get into ministry because I had such a big fear of public speaking. Uh, but I loved I I love God. I love, I love his word. And, and he's just put a passion in me to, to want to continue to teach and preach it. And, and it's continue to go from there uh, yeah. by the grace of God.
1: And, and yeah, and God bless those, those 12 souls who endured yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you get invited back? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, I, I'm so shocked. As good as I'm I shocked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so when you, when you finished that, you know, or when you, you, you know, shook all the hands and then whatever, probably ate the little Caesars pizza or, or whatever it was that was, that was afterwards, maybe like driving home or, or, you know, as your head hit the pillow that night, what were you, what were you thinking about that?
0: Yeah, I just, uh, man, it, it was pretty discouraging in many ways. Like I, I thought the content was good. Like I said, right. I mean, I thought my message was solid and some people commented on that graciously, I'm sure, but I just, I remember just having this unsettled feeling like I need to get better at this. I, this is way too important Hmm. of a calling. This is way too important of a mission to, to declare God's word, to not dedicate myself to getting a lot better. Uh, and so from, from that moment on, I've really been just on a mission to just trying to, to get as good as I'm able to get at it. And so. Yeah, so definitely kind of drove me to say this. I am inadequate, and I'm it humbled me quite a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, on the one hand, you could have walked away from that and been like, "Oh, that was such a disaster. I'm never doing it again." But, but I mm-hmm. love that, Brandon. It's like that was such a disaster. I got to make sure that next time is better. Yeah. So you mentioned that your you said this a few different times that your your content was good, but it was the delivery that was the problem. And, uh, I think if I recall, you said that kind of, that's kind of a situation that most younger or newer preachers find themselves in, um, Yeah. how could it be, or, or what are your thoughts on the ability of a preacher to, to have, let's say even uh, a good doctrinal understanding, they're communicating the truth, but they're communicating the truth in a really poor or distracting way. How can such a thing exist? How does that happen? Yeah.
0: I think it's pretty, pretty common. Sometimes I I like to think of it this way. Like if you ever, you've ever, uh, been driving somewhere and it's a, it's a route you do, you take all the time. And so you're, you're driving and before you know it, you, you look back and you're like, I don't even remember how I got here. Uh, your thoughts are going one direction. You're so focused on something else in your head and there's kind of a routine thing and you don't even realize how you got there. Well, a lot of times in, when we get up, especially when we 're new to preaching, our minds are so focused on something else we don 't even realize what we're doing. Uh, we 're doing our Our hands are doing something weird or we have these nervous ticks or we uh, we 're so focused on on delivering the message that we 've prepared so diligently that we don't realize we've got all these ums and uhs and, and filler words. And we don't think about the pacing or the, how we actually get to where we're going. We're just so focused on getting there, uh, in our heads on the destination and on what we have prepared ahead of us. So, uh, it's really easy, I think for, for pastors, especially young pastors, young people getting into ministry to, to grow up in church, to have heard hundreds of sermons before, to, to have studied the Bible or read the Bible. And yet they get up there and their, their theology might be good. They might have a really solid message. They might've spent hours in preparation, but they don't have the experience of getting up there preaching. They're so focused on the, the content that it's really easy just to not even realize how bad it is. And you you look back at a video later and you go, wow, I had no idea I was even doing that. Because uh, you're so focused on something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, of those, you mentioned a few kind of negative things um, ums, uhs, hands yeah. being in a weird place, and you said pacing. Um so if I could be personal, which one of those were you doing <laughs> what, oh, what were them. the what were the bad <laughs> things and I'm not yeah. maybe just drilling in on that one that one youth group, but let's say you like a younger yeah. version of you you as kind of starting out um what what were the bad habits that you used to do
0: yeah well i I don't pretend like I'm the best preacher there ever was I mean this has always been a journey of me just trying to get better and 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 sharing what I'm learning along the way yeah and, and so i I'm pretty sure I had about every bad nervous tick that you could possibly have. Uh, ums and uhs all the time. I, I spoke incredibly fast. I still is something I'm still working on trying to slow down uh, because I just get excited when I get up there adrenaline mm. starts moving and, and the words start flying out. And, uh, man, yeah, all, all those have been, have been really bad. So it's been a, it's been a journey of constantly going through it. I, I remember I was in a, I did a public speaking course, it's like the one time I had to do a public speaking thing in college, and I thought I killed it. I, I thought I did a really good job getting up in front of my cr- class and speaking, and and I'll never forget. Like a- afterwards, the the professor opened it up for the class to critique, and he's like, "Hey, uh, so any any feedback for Brandon?" And I'm sitting there like. Yeah, I nailed this. Like this is this is that was a good sermon right there, and the whole class just spent the next like fifteen minutes just ripping it to pieces and, oh. and pointing out how many ums and uhs and stutters I said and how fast I spoke and how I didn't move enough or my gestures were awkward and whatever else. It was brutal, and and I almost didn't believe it. But then what he did is he uh, had us all recording ourselves.
1: Yeah. And
0: so uh, part of my assignment was to go back and watch the video, and that was the first time I think I'd watch myself preach. Yeah. And sure enough they were all right it was it was brutal so uh so that's been a good process for me just ever since then trying to record myself watch myself back to help me just be more intentional to eliminate some of those things and and it's it's what's weird about it is you know sometimes as a as you're continuing to grow as a preacher sometimes out of nowhere some of those old habits creep back in and okay. you don't even know where and all of a sudden you 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 watch back a message and you're like I thought I had gotten rid of that tick. I thought I'd stopped doing that. And for some reason in that sermon, you know, it, it all starts coming back into it. And you've got to intentionally just continue to to squish some of those bad habits.
1: Yeah. So we have an expositors collective, like private Facebook group. And there's a, a bunch of preachers in there, a bunch of, you know, fellow Bible enthusiasts and the question of like, how do you remove the, the verbal fillers, the ums and the uhs? Like that's come up a couple different times mm-hmm. over the years. So you've put thought into this and then you've, you've improved. Like if I could just ask you a really hyper specific question, how did you stop saying uh so much?
0: The watching myself back on video was probably one of the best things just because it, it created an awareness that I was doing it. Uh, and then, and then just being intentional and saying, okay, I, I started setting goals for myself. Like I need to get better this week and not doing this and, and just focusing on like one thing, like, this is Mm. the bad one. If it's the ums, if it's the us, then that's the one I want to eliminate. And so I would intentionally, as I'm working on my message, often I would write it on the top of my notes, like, Hey, no ums. And I would just just write it on the top. Or honestly, one of the best things I ever did is, is, uh, marry my wife.
1: (laughs) And, (laughs) but we can't do that, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah, no, but, but,
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what I did is, is she was, she's my biggest critic and in a good way, in a good way. I I always ask her, I'm like, Hey, this is something I need to work on. Call me out on it. Let me know if I'm doing it. And, And afterwards she'll, she'll, she'll count the number of ums I'm doing, or I'll ask her to do something. And she'll just be like, yeah, that wasn't, she's not going to flatter me as much. She knows, she knows me. So she'll tell me straight up like it is. And I'll be like, this is something I need to work on to, to, to call me out on it. Or, you know, you recruit somebody in your church. If you don't, you know, if you're not married, that's fine. You know, recruit somebody in your church who who you know will be honest with you, who say, look, this is what I need to work on I'd like you to help me by calling me out on it. And just by doing that, when you're up there preaching, you see that person sitting in the audience. And it's a reminder of they're going to, they're looking for this. Yeah. So I need to, I need to try not to do that. So there's little things you can do like that, that are just little tips and tricks that, that just make you more aware of that being a thing you're trying not to do and to eliminate from your speaking. And and just the intentionality and the and the practice and just having a, that in the forefront of your mind that that's something you're trying to change really does help. Now the other thing is you just got to get you just got to get your reps in. You've just got to get practice and and a lot of it especially for young preachers is you just got to get more time up there because you're going to be nervous for your first, you know, 100 sermons or whatever. I don't know the exact number of it you're going to be nervous for a while. You're going to have ticks for a while. And and some of those things are just, they just come with time too. So practicing and then intentionally eliminating those things and, and setting little challenges or goals for yourself has been a huge way to help me.
1: Yeah, that's good. I appreciate even, yeah, studying little challenges for yourself, improving yeah. in this specific area bit by bit. And, you know, on the one hand, life is short on the other hand, life is long, you know, and mm-hmm. so we're able to, yeah, to pace ourselves and to not set impossible standards and to be the next, you know, Chuck Swindoll or whatever um, next yeah. week. But it's like, well, I'd like to be a version of me that doesn't say, um, so much. And I want to work on that and then add incrementally onto these. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for getting, yeah, thanks for getting so so specific and, and so personal and yeah. And not all of us can have a, a Mrs. Hilgeman So, um, good, <laughs> <true>. good suggestion <laughs> to, <laughs> to nominate somebody in, in the church, yeah. uh, you know, for those that aren't married or maybe, you know, the strain on certain relationships couldn't handle it. So it's good to, to delegate that yeah. to, to somebody else. Um, well, so that's kind of some mistakes that, that you used to make. Um, what what are some other things maybe that you've noticed that you know that other younger or newer preachers are are making? So, going from yourself as a fellow learner now yeah. as like a a critic, <laughs> what are what, <laughs> what are people doing wrong these days?
0: Oh man, yeah, that, that could be a whole other a whole podcast episode, I'm sure. But um, there there you know what I see a lot of of, of young dudes doing is it's usually it depends on what camp you're in uh if you are in a more theologically minded church tradition there's there's really the the extreme of like i was saying where the content may not be the issue but you're so focused on the, the, the word you're so focused on the Bible and explaining it that you start to sound kind of like a dry, boring commentary. You're, you're, you're really just, you know, you're delivering a lot of information. Uh, maybe you're just writing out your whole manuscript and just mm-hmm. reading it word for word. Cause you want to be exactly precise and doctrinally clear. And there's, there's really good aspirations and goals for that. But at the same time, uh, you can be so focused on the content and on the word that you aren't really communicating well to the audience and, and you're so up in the theological clouds and you're not really getting down to the earth of like everyday life. Uh, so that's one extreme I see, but then depending on that, there's also the other extreme where, uh, you know, there's a lot more younger pastors who grow up in traditions where it's more about, uh, they they start getting so focused on a a certain idea or a story or uh, uh, even a a concept of psychology or something like that, that they want to get across to other people that they really just use uh, the Bible as a, a springboard or as a, a proof text where they, they have their idea, they have their concept that they want to get across. And they've got layer kind of a, uh, maybe more of a man centered motivational speaker type mindset where they're trying uh-huh. to get in, inspire people and encourage people and rightfully so. Uh, but they make their whole message about this great story they want to tell, or they make their whole message about, uh, this great idea they got from a book or from a YouTube video they heard some guy speaking about or whatever it is, uh, that they really, uh, can neglect the Bible as well. And so there's kind of this man centered approach that some people come from naturally, I think from their, uh, probably a lot of it has to do with kind of just the church traditions you're in or the the pastors you're listening to. And then there's a, there's another approach that's more word centered, but, uh, you're so stuck in the text that you can't communicate well to the people in the audience. So that's kind of where I see, you know, that's where I see some of the biggest problems being in young guys. Yeah. And which is easier to fix? (laughs) Good question. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean the, the word centered, I, I I think is a good starting point. Uh, so, uh, so if you can, if you can start there, that's good. You want to be there. I mean, the, the word of God is such a, Oh man, my lights just went out in here. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. It's, it's great to be focused on the word. You should be yeah. focused on the word, right? That, that, that's why we do as, as, as pastors. I mean, the Bible tells us, you know, second Timothy four two, preach the word, right? Like hmm. that's, that's what we should be doing. Uh, but the difficulty and the danger comes there when you get so focused in, in in trying to prove maybe your intellect or show people how well studied you are yeah. that you can start to just it can get really, really dry. So the, the way you fix that is you, you start there, but then you've got to be able to do uh, you've got to to start doing the work of, of saying, OK, who is my audience? How can I best explain this to them? How does this apply to their lives as well? uh, so what does the Bible say? Absolutely. First and foremost, but then how do I communicate this in a way that people get it, that people understand, uh, honestly, a lot like how Jesus communicated things. He didn't just, he didn't just unroll a scroll and and read scripture to people. He, he then told illustrations, stories Mm -hmm. about things that people understood in their day-to-day lives and applied it to them so they could really understand it uh, in their context. So I think that's probably the, easier fix, uh, the, the more motivational man centered, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole problem in, in churches today where you can get really, really caught up in just having your ideas and wanting to, wanting to impress people or inspire people, uh, that, uh, if you're not careful with that, you really can neglect the word. And I think that's a whole, that's a If I had to err on one side or the other, I'd rather err on being focused too much on the word than not enough, Uh, because that's, that's what we're called to do. You know, I'm under, I'm under a big impression that I've been, something I've been working on a lot in my preaching is just realizing that the best thing I do when I preach is when I read the Bible. Uh, the best thing I do is when I, when I read the word to people clearly and, and, uh, in a way that they can understand it, because that's the only thing I know for sure, a hundred percent I'm getting right. Wow. Everything wow. else is something I'm adding. It's my opinions. It's my it's my take on it. It's my interpretation. But when I read the word, there's something powerful about that. You know, the the, the word of God is living and active. It, it, there there's a supernatural work going on when when people hear the word of God, and I know 100 percent I'm getting that part at least right in my message. So if I'm gonna err on one, I'm gonna err on that. Uh, and then i'm going to continue to to try to work on on my part when i when i'm interpreting and applying it and illustrating it.
1: What has caused you to realize that recently or that um that reading the Bible before the exposition is the most important part
0: yeah it's It's really just been just years of ministry of of preaching of listening to other pastors and uh, studying the word, that I, I'm just the more and more I do it, the more I'm, I'm humbled in the fact that I'm not the greatest preacher there ever was. I don't know if I ever will be, uh, probably not. Uh, odds but, are, but I'm,
1: no, odds yeah, are there, there, there's, there's a lot of great. If there's only one greatest in the world, statistically, it's probably <laughs> yeah, not you or me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, but I'm called to be faithful. I'm called to preach the word. That's the Bible over and over again. Is preach the word. Dedicate yourself to. To, to instructing people in the word. And, and so the more I realize it, the more I'm like, you know, all the power in preaching comes from God. All the power in preaching comes from His Word. Uh, it's not anything I can do. What what you do when you're preaching it's it's a supernatural act. It's it's a holy thing that you're doing. It's not like a public speaking where it's all on you and it's your stories mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. personality. Uh, there's elements of that you can pull into preaching that definitely I think are are good good tips and, and helpful but when we're talking about preaching that's it's way different than just giving a speech it's way different than just giving a TED talk it's way different than just just trying to entertain and inspire people uh you are doing a, a holy calling of of opening up the word the word of god and and being a herald who proclaims god's message to his people and he's working in and through that in ways that that are beyond anything that we can control. He has a purpose for it, he has a plan for it. And so we're called more to get out of the way and not make it about ourselves and make it more about him. So the more I've the more I've just realized that that I I can't manipulate people to become Christians. I can't I can't preach a sermon so good, you know, there there's certain things you can do sure, maybe tips and tricks, but I can't change people's hearts. That is a supernatural work of God that only he can do and and my job is just to to be the best steward of that responsibility and, and and to do it in the best way possible, getting out of the way and letting him speak as much as I can.
1: Yeah, and Paul certainly tells Timothy, right, to to give yourself to the public reading of scripture. And yeah. I think there's yeah, I, I there's something really special about the Bible being read well, uh, in, in, you know, in front of a live studio audience, you know, in front and at, at the church yeah. and like the attentiveness that comes when mm-hmm. there's somebody who has put thought into it in advance and has perhaps even, you know, practice it or not but like, but, but reads it well. And there's like this attentiveness mm-hmm. and this authority that comes not from you or me being like, listen, guys, I've got some, I'm going to illustrate, uh, apply, you know, but it's just like, let's just hear God's word together. Before every sermon, we have different people come up and read the passage. So usually like Mm. the passage and then like a, a cross reference that I'm going to pull in later on. So I have that read in advance. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have read scripture in the past and, you know, uh, you know, our kind of operations manager, uh, assistant, uh, Jacqueline, you know, she is such a great, she listens really well. And then she kind of categorizes in her mind who takes it seriously and then who doesn't. So um, she has like this kind of, the, the list keeps changing. It keeps getting smaller of like people that have obviously taken it seriously. And she wants to prioritize those people so that God's word is read powerful, clearly, and authority, Sorry, uh, authoritatively uh, before the, the preaching event.
0: I'm not saying you just get up there and read the Bible for 30 minutes straight, yeah, uh, you know in, in a in a way that's you know boring or, or anything like that, so there's definitely like you said there's there's room for you got to make sure you're applying it, you got to make sure you're explaining it, you got to make sure you're reading it well uh, so that so that it's in a way that's authoritative and powerful, kind of like you're saying seriously
1: yeah uh,
0: so yeah th- that's definitely that's definitely part of it
1: We did that once though. We did have yeah. a, a Sunday service that was just reading the book of Hebrews for the whole, hmm. it, it, you know, we only did it once. It was really special. It was at the conclusion of like a year long series going through Hebrews. So hmm. there was a, a familiarity amongst the congregation, but then we got 13 of the best readers and they just they just read it. And then we just had a time of like response and worship and praise that was like, so powerful and you can't, I don't know, you, you almost kind of need the time in advance, you know, cause Hebrews mm-hmm. is a complicated book. You know, there's a lot of yeah. stuff in there. Who's Melchizedek and all this. Um, but there's this, this cumulative, you know, hearing it all together. And then you just like, let's praise God. Now we only did that yeah. once. Uh, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe it's not, but it worked for us that one time.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Hey, so, um, I have been asking kind of some questions earlier in this about like, you know, mistakes that preachers are making or how would you kind of coach or, or correct that? And and I mentioned this in the introduction, but like I, I came across you through ProPreacher.com. I'm, I've been aware of you um, for, I guess, quite a while in kind of the, the preaching coaching space. Um, how did you stumble into that? And, um, I have kind of a follow-up question about the philosophy of coaching preachers, but could you tell us about pro preacher? Are you, are you the pro preacher? (laughs) No, no, I'm not. (laughs) That's,
0: that's a good and distinction to make. Uh, yeah, I stumbled into, into starting propreacher.com. I think it was about 12 years ago now. It's it's crazy. I've been doing the early
1: days of the internet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Back when blogging was like, the cool thing to do. Uh, and now few people are doing it, but, uh, back, back in the day, I, I you know, I, what I realized and this has just been part of my journey. I am not pro preacher. I am not, I'm not the greatest preacher that there ever was, nor do I claim to even be that good. Uh, it, I am just somebody who is called by the Lord to, to be a faithful preacher and teacher of his word. I I know that that's what God has called me to do. And that's what I'm dedicating my life to doing. And so as I was young in ministry, I, like I said earlier, I was realizing just how deficient I was in that calling. Like I'm just, I just was not a great preacher. Uh, And so I learned, I learned early on that I just, I needed to get better. I needed to learn. And and what I've found over the years, just for me personally, one of the best ways that I learn uh, is just to, to write out my thoughts. So I started just kind of writing my thoughts on preaching as I was learning it myself. So like learning in real time and just kind of clarifying and writing it out. And so I, I started, decided just to start this website. Uh, I, I decided to call it ProPreacher.com, and 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 there's a few reasons for that. One, I didn't want to put my name on it. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I, I was embarrassed. I didn't think anybody would read it, anyways. I didn't want to be the guy who's just like you know blogging from your mom's basement and you know thinks he's a big deal. <laughs> it's totally not. Uh, so I I didn't really want to put my name on it. Plus, my last name is you. Realized earlier is difficult to pronounce and to spell. So, so that's easier didn't work to spell
1: out. than pronounce. Well, <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so, so I didn't want to put my name to it. Uh, Also, uh, so I was just kind of, you know, you got to find something. So I wanted it to be something about preaching. I thought preacher sounded good. I was trying to find something short so that mm-hmm. I could, you know, just have something that was easy. Uh, and pro preacher just kind of came to the forefront. I'm like, yeah, that that domain name was available. Great, let's snag it up. And and the reason I, I liked it is because pro has kind of a dual meaning. Uh, a lot of people think, and, and and maybe to my detriment, some people like you said have have kind of think that I'm somehow claiming that I am the pro preacher. Like I am the greatest preacher. Now that's not it at all. Um, what, what I like about the, the name pro preacher is that pro just kind of has a double meaning to it. It can, it can one sense mean, yes, you're a professional. Uh, you take your calling seriously. Uh, mm. uh, a lot of times being a professional just means that you are somebody who works at this and, and, and you're compensated for your labor. Uh, and you know, the Bible makes it clear that, uh, the the elder who labors in preaching and teaching is worthy of, of double honor. You're worthy to, you're, you're, you're deserving of being paid for it. Some people, you know, call me out on that online. You know, you get the haters and the critics all the time. Uh, But you know, part of it is you're professional. You're, you're, you're taking this very seriously. This is what you're called to. This is what you're going to devote your, your life to. And you're compensated in so that you have the amazing blessing of being able to dedicate more time than other people to preaching because, yeah uh, because the congregation if you're working in a church is is helping compensate you to mm-hmm. give you that time it's a, it's an amazing blessing so part of it is yes you're a professional you're taking this really seriously this is a big deal and then the other side of it is pro can also mean for uh it means I, so i like that as well because i'm i'm for preachers. Hmm. I'm, I'm here. I'm a preacher myself. And I'm, I wanted to be for other preachers. Just this is what I'm learning. This is a website for you. Hmm. Uh, something as I'm learning, I'm hoping that it's as it's, it's helpful for you as well. So kind of a double meaning there. Uh, so yeah, so that's how that's kind of the a really short version of how I got into it. I started writing it, didn't think anybody would ever read it. Uh, didn't even put my name on the website. It was just kind of anonymous for a long time. And uh, surprisingly, people started picking it up, articles started getting shared, Uh, other websites started contacting me, wanted to publish some of my articles, things like that. Uh, And it's kind of picked up from there and I've kind of gotten over my uh, fear of letting people know who I am and <laughs> lately and, and starting to put out more stuff and putting out videos and other things. And, and yeah, it's just been kind of a, a library of content and resources I've created over, over a lot of years, just things I'm learning as I'm learning it, it's turned into a few books I've published and some other stuff. And so it's, it's just become a tool that I hope is is just helpful for other pastors who stumble on it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm one of them, so so thank you, and I'm happy to yeah you know whatever if there's a, am I I'm I'm sure there's pro- probably a pretty pretty big overlap of the kind of people that listen to this podcast and then that also are frequenting websites like yours, but maybe there's not, and so I'm happy to yeah introduce um, others. You know, I've I've been I've loved being able to scroll back through the the archives. You know, you got good stuff on like practicalities of like preaching weddings and and. You know, calendar. We'll talk about a calendar in in a moment, I guess. But yeah, you're you're you got the theory, but you're incredibly practical as as well. And also, you love lists. So you, you good good. <laughs> yeah. list. The the three things you must always, the five things you must never. And, yeah, that's, and that, that's something that, that grabs me. me. It pulls me <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's
0: just the way I think. So it's helpful.
1: So on on that. So you've been trying to help preachers, and I'm one of them. So yeah. thank you. But um, how so, on the one hand, I think we both believe that preaching is like it's a calling from God, or even like, you know, pastor, teacher is a gift from the risen Christ. It's listened in Ephesians. So, it's like mm-hmm. it's this divine gift from above. But then also, it seems that we can benefit from coaching and from helping from, from peers. Um, what's yeah. your understanding of the dynamics between, like, the spiritual and then kind of the practical nature of uh, preaching and then even improving in preaching?
0: Yeah, there's definitely a spiritual gifting side of it. Uh, when you when you read some of the lists of spiritual gifting, uh, you you see like in Ephesians four that there's some who are called to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherd, teachers, uh, who are called to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You see those uh, the the, the public declaration of the word these kind of upfront speaking gifts using declaring god's word as definitely a spiritual gift that some people have and maybe some people don't and so uh you know in that sense yeah there is some sort of side you need to have this gifting from god in a, in one sense uh, but then there's another side to that too, where it's not like it's just, you woke up one day and you are God's gift to preaching right. and you've got right. it all figured out. Uh, I don't think that's how God works. I, I think you, you, you have these gifts and this, and, and this desire that, that the spirit of God puts in you to want to do these things, to pursue these things and to get better in these things. Uh, you know, uh, we kind of referenced it earlier. First Timothy four, uh, 12 to 15, it says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believer an example and speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. And, and then Paul says to Timothy, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, and do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. So, so he had this gift in some at some point where the elders laid their hands on Timothy and, and And obviously acknowledge that he had this gift. But then he says in verse 15 practice these things, immerse yourself Mm. in them so Mm. that all may see your progress. Mm. So it's not like Timothy just had this gift given to him and he's like super preacher, super, you know, whatever going out and, and, and perfect. Paul's telling Timothy, practice this, devote yourself to these things so that people are going to see your progress as you continue to grow in them. So, so that spiritual gift, yes, you've been given it, but you've got to, you've got to nurture it. You've got to foster it. You've got to steward it well and continue to practice and grow in it. And so I think that's encouraging for a lot of pastors because you, you look at some of these, you know some of these heroes of the faith, it's like they, it looked like at the, at the age of 20, they got a mega church and they, and they're the greatest preacher you've ever heard. <laughs> you know, and yeah, you're just like, how yeah. in the world? Uh, but there's so many pastors who you've got this gift, you've got this calling to preach, but you've on the, you're on this journey just like Timothy, where you've got to practice them, you've got to grow in them and, and you can, and God will, uh, honor that as you continue to practice and continue to devote yourself to these things. So the encouragement there is that you can grow and you should grow. And, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's, uh, you know, if you think you've arrived, uh, then you've probably got a a pride problem and you need to check yourself because I think preaching is an incredibly humbling thing for for most people.
1: Yeah. And people who think they've arrived, they're not listening to this podcast, you know. They're, <laughs> They're not, not. Yeah, I, I think it's it's actually a really encouraging thing, you know. As as you know, people are listening to to this show and others. Like it's just like, wow, you take your calling so seriously that instead of just listening to. A sports podcast or, or whatever, you're actually going to listen to a conversation between preachers talking about how to improve, um, which I think is just a great, you know, sign of taking that calling seriously. And then it's even like wanting to invest into their people by trying to improve in this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, kind of speaking of improving, maybe last question is like, how are, how are you trying to improve Brandon? So it's kind of been established that you aren't pro <laughs> you aren't the, no. the top, you know, but you want to get better. Is there something on that list right now? Is, is Mrs. Hilgeman um, trying to help you improve in, in one more thing? What's, what's on the n- yeah. list now?
0: Oh yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of them, but <laughs> there, there's one that's it's, so I've done, I've been a lot better at getting rid of some of the ums and uh's and some of the other stuff, but there's one lately that I've been, it's just creeped its way back in where I've been, I've been saying right, like at the end of a lot of my, 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 my sentences, uh, and i think it comes from this desire i'm really i've really been trying to get more audience engagement i want oh. i want to know that i'm connecting with people so as i'm looking at them i'm like right cuz sometimes the people the people in my congregation will just sit there and stare at me like you're in a headlight look you know and so i'm trying to get some head nods i'm trying to get some people to like okay are are you tracking with me is this making sense to you so i think out of the right intention to try to to try to make sure i'm engaging with people i i, I find myself kind of creeping into this bad habit where i'm like yeah, so, so you got to do this with your life, right? And like, I want people to like, yes, nod their heads. Mm-hmm. Let me like, understand you get what I'm saying. And, and there's good ways to do that. And I think occasionally in a sermon, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But I, I found myself like it, it started to become this almost filler word default habit that was, that's was creeping its way in. And so there was this older lady in my church who came up to me afterwards and she's like, you're saying right all the time. And I'm like, really? And I look back on the video. I was like, I totally am. So yeah. So now, now my wife is definitely on the lookout for it. And I know that this lady's I, I've asked her, It's like, Hey, uh, you know, I, I need you to help. Let me know if I'm still doing this. And it's, it's something I've, you know, it, for some reason it creeps up the most, the, the church I'm at now, we have four services on a weekend. And so, uh, by the fourth sermon, I am exhausted. You'd think it'd be the best one that I preach because I've done it so many times, but often that's where the most problems creep in because I'm tired. I can't remember if I've already said this or if that was the second service or whatever it was. It's It's a whole other challenge. And so by... By the time I get to that fourth one, I find myself kind of reverting to some of these bad habits and some of these old things because I'm, I'm tired, I'm exhausted and and some of them creep in. So definitely something I'm still working on. And uh, I'm sure there'll be something else after that. And I, it's it's a constant work in progress. Uh, but the key is like, you can't get too discouraged on those things as well as you're get, if you're getting the message ac- across, well, if you're, if you're being clear, if you're, if you're being faithful to, to boldly declare the word and to, to keep it focused on the gospel and all those things, uh, it's amazing that even with all of my flaws and imperfections that I still have conversations with people all the time who are like, you know, that was a really powerful for me in this way or that. And, and I just go, it was not because I am the greatest person out there because I'm so good. It's it's all the glory has to go to God for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing a couple things. Number one, if I ever visit your church in Arizona, I'm going to come to the first, second or third service. (laughs) I'm not going to be there for, for the fourth service. And, um, but then also too, it's just, it's encouraging. Again, I've, I have learned from you for, for years, you you didn't know it, but I was, and that you're also on a process, you're on a journey, you're trying to improve as well. So that's, that's that's really awesome
0: to hear. Like that's super encouraging and kind of humbling to know that I've been able to make a, a difference in your life too. So that's, that's awesome, man.
1: Ah, well, they say, uh, yeah. And kind of maybe last, last question. We're right now, we're recording this kind of at the start of the fourth quarter of 2023. And I'm starting to think ahead to the next, the next year. I know a lot of us are as well. Um, Could you talk to us for a few minutes about the importance of having like a preaching calendar? And what's the value of that? And uh, where can someone download the pro preacher calendar? Yeah. Well, thanks for that softball.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I something I learned early in my ministry is that you've got to plan out your messages. Now, the the role I'm in now, I'm actually not the the main guy speaking every single week, so it's a little bit different. It's a whole nother challenge of uh, learning how to to jump in and and just jump into a series and that kind of thing. Uh, but but for many years before when I was when I was responsible for my own preaching and teaching for years, I learned that if you if you don't have a plan, you're in some serious trouble. So, uh, so I started creating a a preaching calendar for myself that I would use just a, it's just a spreadsheet that kind of lays out every, every Sunday of the year or every Wednesday, if you're preaching Wednesdays or whatever it is, uh, where it just kind of maps it out, uh, every single time that you need to preach. And then you can start filling in different series or different, you know, depending on if you're a topical or, you know, the expository, uh, I think a lot of people in your audience are probably more the verse by verse type of guys, which is great.
1: It's in the name uh, of the show, man. That makes
0: it, which <laughs> makes a preaching calendar so much easier yep. uh, if you're going that route. I, I, I like to kind of bounce between topical and, and expository style. Uh, so it uh, makes it a little bit more challenging. But having a calendar just to kind of map it out like, hey, this week, I'm going to be in this or it it really helps when you're able to, you know, you're, you're, if you just get in that head down grind of week by week, just what am I going to say this week? What am I going to say this week? It's so stressful. It's so difficult. Uh, But when you can zoom out a little and kind of map out your year, map out your quarter or whatever it is, however far in advance you get uh, to see some of the general themes that you're going to be speaking on, to see some of the scriptures that you're going to be hitting. Uh, it helps with, with so many things. One, it takes a lot of the stress off your shoulders when you sit down on Monday morning and you're exhausted and you're like, okay, what am I preaching this week? Yeah. Or you can just pull it up and say like, oh yeah, that's right. It's this. Uh, so you've already get that, made that decision. That's, that's less stress you've got to done to do. And then, uh, so it's, it's just, a, it's such a helpful tool. So yeah, if you want to check it out, I have one, uh, you can find some other ones out there, but if you go to propreacher.com you can find it in my resources page, you, you can find all my stuff there. Uh, it, I, I, try to sell it for real cheap. Uh, it's just one way that I help support the ministry that I'm doing. And so if you're interested in that, go ahead and check it out. Uh, it's, it's one of the more popular things that I have on there. Uh, but yeah, can't, can recommend a good calendar and a good plan
1: enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Brandon. I appreciated this. For the listeners, I hope that this episode and all that we do at Expositors Collective help you to grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's word. Thanks again, Brandon.
0: Hey, thanks, Mike. It's been a pleasure.